Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Marlin's Corner. Very excited to see you, hear you, be here with you. We're excited for everything. Uh, today, it'll just be your boy. Sydney is off back at the North Pole completing uh, those wonderful TikToks for Santa Claus. We hope we'll see her soon in the future, but we will continue on this Christmas train, and in doing so, continue to have our similar candy cane rating system that we introduced last time when discussing holiday films. We are going to introduce, we'll reintroduce our 30-minute limit today to try to make sure it's under 30 minutes so we can get you through your day, whatever activity you might have to do. Uh, and so with that in mind, we're going to jump right into our review of our holiday film of the day, and that film is a Boy Called Christmas. Now, this film is based on the best-selling novel by Matt Hager, the exact same title. So if you feel up for reading a book, definitely give it a go. You might enjoy it. Uh, I will say the film is a bit longer and has a bit more uh, information and a bit more things to, of course, stretch out that runtime. Uh, and so if you are interested in watching the film with uh, younger children or with your kids, I would definitely urge you to kind of give the film uh, a, a run through first. The film has a lot of loss in it and a lot of trauma uh, that's associated with loss. So you might want to give it a gander before you give it to your younger child to watch because there might be a lot of questions that might be asked afterward. So let's just dive in about some of the uh, individuals in it and who's directing this, this film. This film is directed uh, by Gil Keenan, who directed Monster House, uh, and we know right away he has an interesting perspective in doing this live action film uh, and the characters in this are really amazing they play the roles very well uh, and it's a very uplifting film but of course has a lot of sadness that comes along with it but of course it ends it with a beautiful bow on top just to remind you of the holiday season uh, watching this film you will immediately notice a few things you'll notice that it follows a very similar narrative style of the princess bride in that there is a storyteller character and there are children listening to the story. The storyteller in this film happens to be Maggie Smith. Hey, 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 Professor McGonagall, who's playing Aunt Ruth. And there are three children that she is reading a story to. Now, these three children happen to be dealing with the loss of a loved one. And it's during Christmas time. And no one's really feeling the holiday spirit. And so she is there to uh, explain to them the origin of Christmas uh, and the story of a young ordinary boy named Nicholas, his loyal mouse, a reindeer, and an adventure that they go on to uh, find the mythical and magical and fabled village of Elfheim. In this film, we get a chance to, of course, meet Nicholas and his father. Uh, and they are also, surprise, surprise, going through the uh, the loss of a loved one as well. And of course, ties into the children listening to the story on the other end. But like I said, this deals with them also dealing with their own loss. Uh, and they're pretty much, they're all they have. It's just the two of them in a home, telling stories together, playing games together, trying to find whatever spark of happiness they can. Uh, and we discover through the king of this uh, kingdom, who's played by Jim Broadbent, that this uh, feeling of not happy, of unhappiness apparently is kingdom wide. And so he calls together the entire kingdom and decides to ask them, hey, if you all could go out and find something that will instill happiness in everybody, 
that'd be great. I'll give you a reward. Just go out there and you go find it. And we get our first step into adventure. We see that Nicholas's father decides to go off and find happiness and return it. Uh, but in doing so, he decides to leave Nicholas behind with a very uh, Disney-esque uh, stepmom or aunt who happens to be the evil aunt throughout the entire story um, as he goes off to find this uh, this hope everyone's looking for. And of course, we know, as with most stories surrounding children, Nicholas eventually finds his way on his own adventure. And along that way, he, of course, meets individuals uh, who may or may not be dealing with their own uh, baggage and in Christmas fashion uh, helps them unload that baggage, helps them come to terms with the feeling of the holidays and the season's greetings, and just reminds everyone at the end of the day, Christmas is only Christmas if everyone is happy. Uh, and it's no surprise that Nicholas is the boy named Christmas, and he's just out there to spread joy and awareness and uplift everyone who might be involved uh, in just the basic sadness that exists during this time. We see that he deals with his loss uh, very quickly in certain scenes. We see that he helps others get over their loss very quickly, and we see he's able to uh, pull others to the side uh, of the season. And is able to restore bonds and connections and just reminds everyone uh, that at the end of the day, the belief in the impossible and the improbable is what Christmas uh, magic is all about. And this, of course, ties into what's happening in the other side of things as Maggie Smith is trying to subtly introduce that, hey, you might have a, a loved one that might be gone for the holiday season, but the best way to support and remind us of all of them is to remember the happy times, remember the good times, and to continue to smile. And so we get uh, that exposure to this film. And it's a very heartwarming, very loving film. Um, the, the, the young man, Henry Lawful, playing Nicholas is very adorable uh, and does a great job of being very uh, innocent and naive in a lot of these scenes uh, in a way to just kind of remind you this is a... A children's film, a film that you should be watching uh, with kids, and it's just you know going to be very kitschy. There are no songs, unfortunately. It's a, it's a songless Christmas movie, but it does have a lot of goofy scenes, wacky scenes. There's a there's a, there's a, a talking mouse in this, so check that out. Uh, and it's just there to remind you uh, of the origin of Christmas and some of the things that. Uh, you know, Christmas brings with it. There's a really great tie-in uh, to uh, the Santa Claus that we all know and love and where that Santa Claus comes from. So for this film, I'm going to give it five candy canes. Hopefully I remember that rating system correctly. Uh, it's still something you should check out. It's very fun, very cute, and it'll it'll leave you with some warm fuzzies at the end of the day, some warm little fuzzies as you kind of go throughout your day uh, in this December preparing for the holidays. And that's going to be uh, our first half of this as we uh, wrap up our spoiler-free. And when we come back, we will dive right into some spoilers of great scenes, uh, awesome scenes, and also just fully focusing on what that trauma looks like for these characters. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the spoiler-free side of things. So, uh, as we talked about earlier, with this film in particular, loss is a big thing that is discussed and that is dealt with. And with this loss, we see that there is a loss of hope within the real world that Maggie Smith is telling the story in and the fictional world that Nicholas lives in. 
In the real world, Maggie Smith as Aunt Ruth is uh, tending to her family member, her family member, Matt, whose wife has just passed away. And their three children are just kind of going through uh, the feelings and the emotions that come with that. Uh, no one's really feeling up for the holidays. No one, no one's really feeling like they want to do much uh, to celebrate Christmas without this matriarch of the home. Maggie Smith is there just to remind them that, you know, that they can do this. They can celebrate the holidays. They can keep this love alive. They can keep this hope alive uh, and still honor her memory. And so with the story of Nicholas, and we learn about this character, Nicholas and the dad, we know that, Nicholas's mother also has passed away. And we know that the father is also dealing with how to uh, keep the magic alive in the home with Nicholas. Uh, and when the king does happen to call everyone in, Nicholas's father decides to go and look for the world of Elfheim, a story that their mother told uh, Nicholas about that was uh, pretty much all about finding this kingdom. And she had mentioned that she had maybe been there in the past. And so the father, in the hopes of not only bringing back hope, but also restoring the hope in himself. And his child decides that he's going to go find this, this mythical place that his wife went to and try to fix everything by going there. Uh, and we see him go there with a bunch of rugged looking men who are just going to go out there and make this happen. And unfortunately, he decides to leave Nicholas with Kristen Wiig as the evil aunt. And in this film, uh, it's really weird. And I don't understand how we always have uh, these family members, these family members in these films that are really outwardly evil and no one believes that they're evil. Nicholas, as we've seen throughout this film, is a very trustworthy child. He speaks his mind. Uh, he doesn't really tell any untruths. Yet, despite Nicholas saying to his father, she's mean to me. The father kind of says, oh, you know, you'll be fine and I'm just going to go off on this adventure. You'll be OK. I think maybe you two need to spend more time together and you'll like each other. And it's like, no, I, she doesn't like him. And sure enough, like the moment that he is gone, uh, Chris Lewis character kicks him out of the house, puts him outside in the cold. And Nicholas has to make uh, an outside tent for himself to keep warm. Uh, what's worse is that when the father leaves, there apparently is no food left behind for Nicholas. So they're effectively just starving there. Um, and if, and if they're not starving, the aunt is eating more of her share of the food. And we get to see that Nicholas again is, we get a chance to see that Nicholas is being abused in an almost, uh, Harry Potter-esque way where he's just forced to do all this labor uh, and he may get scraps, he may not get scraps. And we kind of watch this abuse for a while until he kind of gets fed up with it and decides that he's going to go and find his father and go to Elfheim himself. Along that way, we see him find uh, a reindeer uh, that he calls Blitzen. And we're given our first nod that these gentlemen that are with his father maybe aren't the best people. We see that uh, this reindeer has uh, an arrow in its haunch from one of the men that, that's traveling with his father. Uh, and thankfully, Nicholas decides to save him. And we get our first instance of uh, Blitzen, the first reindeer. And right away, you kind of get the like from this moment on, you are aware, oh, cool, this kid is is going to be Santa Claus somehow. I mean, if the name Nicholas didn't give it away, St. Nick, 
this was just going to solidify it for you right here. We, of course, fast forward through him traveling, uh, and he meets his first elves. And they tell him that in order to see Elfheim, in order to venture into Elfheim, you have to truly believe. You have to believe stronger than anything you've ever believed in. And we get a really amazing scene. We get a scene where, at first, uh, the landscape is flat and desolate. And by the time he believes, we get this really awesome archway that takes you into Elfheim. Uh, it's very bright, very colorful. Uh, and then we see another set of trauma. We, we we realize that some time has passed between Nicholas's father arriving at this uh town and leaving because by the time he gets there, Elfheim is on full lockdown. There's been a regime change. His father came into the town and the men kidnapped a small child. And Nicholas has to come with grips to that. He has to discuss with people like, I don't think it's my dad. My dad would never do that. That doesn't sound like the, the that doesn't sound like the man who raised me. We see that Nicholas is fully believing that there's no way that the person who could instill this hope of Elfheim, the story of, of his mother, could stoop to such a low as to kidnapping a, a small child. We see that the the direct consequence of this is that now in Elfheim, there is an authoritative leader who has decided that she is going to lock down everything and that no humans can ever come to the town, that it's not gonna, it's, it's now going to be elves for elves. And it's just wild that I'm seeing a trend of things. I'm seeing that thanks to the Trump era, we're going to see a lot more fantasy films where they're going to be referencing what happened with America first type uh, type issues because we have that was a huge uh, cultural moment in the world and now it's directly reflecting into art. So in this film, you'll hear a lot of this character saying elves for elves uh, in a very Trumpian uh, kind of way. But we know that this is due to the fact that a child was kidnapped and this is something that they've never dealt with before. They usually, you know, you know, elves are typically holly and jolly and inviting. And now that they've been screwed over, they've decided that great, we're just not going to allow any more humans to be here. Um, Nicholas, of course, gets out of the town, goes on a mission to find his father. Um, along the way, he gets exposed to magic. Uh, and because he's so hopeful and just such an all-around great person, according to the plot, uh, he uh, retains some of that magic and is able to give Blitzen the ability to fly, and they fly and go and search for his father. Upon finding his father, he unfortunately finds out that it's true. His father has kidnapped a young elf boy uh, in the hopes of bringing back hope and in the hopes of saying, hey, my wife was right and this town exists and here's proof and I need it to be tangible. I need to have it in my hands. Uh, and it's this really sad scene where Nicholas is explaining to his father that you don't need to hold something for it to be true. You don't need to have a tangible belief in, like, you don't need to have a tangible belief in something. You can believe in the impossible. You can believe in the improbable. And as long as you have that belief, you know, it could be true. Then eventually the father decides to renege on capturing this young man uh, and helps Nicholas rescue this young elf. And they get on a high speed sled escape, trying to escape the other men 
who accompanied his father to find this elf that are now chasing him. And we unfortunately get uh, a second scene where there is a loss. We watch as Nicholas's father sacrifices himself in order for Nicholas to get away. We see this scene where Nicholas uh, has his flying reindeer. Uh, Nicholas has his child. He has all this belief. He's grown up so much. And you see his father just tell you, the audience and Nicholas that you don't need me anymore. I'm holding you back. And so as they're trying to fly over this ravine, this gorge, Nicholas's father, um, unhitches himself from the flying reindeer and falls off a cliff uh, to his death. Nicholas looks back, watches the whole thing, continues to ride towards Elfheim. Uh, and he, of course, has a moment of sadness and of grief, uh, but he quickly gets there to deliver this child. And it's a really sad scene, and it was really surprising. I, for one, assumed that the loss of one parent was going to be enough. I thought it would play by Disney rules where you lose one parent, but you keep the other. Uh, but this film decided that in order for St. Nicholas to be St. Nicholas, he had to lose both his parents. So we see his father um, redeem himself only for him to immediately uh, die in the scene after. Once Nicholas returns back to Alfheim, he goes and again, he's he's already solved one issue. He saved the child. He's given hope back to his father who passed away. He's now back in Elfheim where there is this authoritative leader who is very aggressive, very upset at the fact that this, this child was kidnapped. And he then goes on to convince her to believe in Christmas again, to believe in the impossible. And that's, of course, due to the fact that this individual met his mother before she passed. The leader, uh, Andrea, met the mother before she passed away. They were friends. And instead of her continuing to be evil, she decides to loosen up because she remembers this, this, this woman that came to the town that was her friend. Uh, and so with that, he decides to bring hope in a different way. He decides to tell the elves, hey, these toys you're giving me as a reward, why don't you make more of these and I go give them to everyone in town? And so we get our first instance of Christmas as we know it. We see the elves in the workshop and then we see the elves put their gifts in a bread sack. And then we see the elves give Nicholas some elven clothing to wear uh, so that he looks more like little St. Nicholas. He rides his reindeer into town. And what was surprising is that instead of him delivering the gifts himself, uh, himself, he goes and gets the king to help him. Now, my only issue with this film is the inclusion of the king in the ending. The king, as portrayed in the beginning of this film, is not a very good person. Um, in the beginning of the film, he when he does call everyone in and tells them, I want you to look for hope. His first question is, how do you think we can fix the kingdom? And he's given great ways to do so. One of the suggestions is a livable wage. Another one is uh, health care. These are two great things. And the king kind of glosses over, yeah, I'm just looking for hope. Just, you know, just hope. And it more or less kind of reminds you that the king, like most 
capitalistic things is like great the holidays are about gift giving we're not going to like actually fix things but like hey holidays take some time off go meet your family come back immediately after new year's because you gotta clock in but hey holidays so it was a different it was a definite reminder of how the holidays kind of function in a capitalistic world where it's more about uh the gesture of hey happy holidays and less about the actual tangible what can i do to make life better for you type situation but anyway i digress the young nicholas goes and finds the king and together they deliver presents and the king is the one who does the ho 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 laugh apparently so the king is out there doing ho 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 and laughing and then they're just like delivering tops and little spinning toys and horses and all kind of things to the entire kingdom and as nicholas is you know wrapping it up he says great I did my job. Um, I think you should do this every year around this time. Uh, and the king's like, great. Like, who should I get to do it? And he was like, oh, I don't know. Pick someone. He goes, great. I pick you. It's, it's one day a year, Nicholas. Then you can do it. And Nicholas, of course, smiles knowingly and rides away because this is the origin of Santa Claus. This is a Santa Claus origin story. Uh, another one to add to the list. Uh, and magically, by the end of Maggie Smith telling her story, uh, when she does rap and they do go to, you know, help her leave, they find out that the house has been decorated with Christmas ornaments everywhere. It's just, it's holly jolly up in this place. And as she's leaving, we get a look at one of Maggie Smith's ears and we see that they are sharp and pointy. And we realize that Maggie Smith is a character that met young Nicholas in the story she was saying. In the story, we meet a young pixie woman uh, who really likes explosives, and she's a, a truth pixie. She can never lie. And throughout the story, we hear Maggie Smith always say, I can't lie to you. I can't tell a lie. And at the very end, we see that she is, in fact, this pixie. And she has this really great scene where she walks out, she tosses, looks like a stick of dynamite into the air and explodes into an amazing, beautiful fireworks show uh, just to kind of wrap up the whole thing and just bring in the holidays. And that is the end of A Boy Called Christmas. Again, it is a very cute film. It is a very loving film. The use of Maggie Smith is always a plus for me. Uh, she does an amazing job of being a narrator. Uh, the film has its really cute moments, really magical moments. And it is a film that deals with loss. Um, I know I lost someone recently. I, I lost someone a while ago before the holidays started. So whenever the holidays come around, it definitely is uh, a hard uh, world for, for me to live in and imagine being Holly and Jolly without this person in my life. So this is a film that kind of is a great segue into having that conversation. So if you feel like your kids are ready for it, you can definitely watch it with them. If you feel like you're ready for it, you can definitely watch it. But just know going into it, it is going to uh, potentially trigger some emotions in you. So be ready for that. And with that, folks, that is going to wrap us up over here in the corner. I appreciate you for tuning in and listening. Uh, we'll be coming back with you, with, to you next time with the review of Single All The Way. So definitely check that out before we get a chance to review it. And of course, follow us on social media. We are still holding that uh, survey contest. We have a lot of folks who have submitted some responses in. They've been super helpful. You still have time to be in it. First prize is $100. Second prize is 80 bucks. Third prize is a microphone so you can have your own podcast. But make sure you 
Find that link in my bio, fill out that survey, and get to me before uh, the 17th, and I'll let you know who's going to win. But without further ado, folks, have an amazing day. We'll see you next time with me and you in the corner on Marlon's Corner. Bye. This episode of Marlon's Corner was produced in Richmond, California. 